Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. The show that keeps you updated with what's happening in the world of royalty, from the British royal family through to the aristocracy and current events from around the royal world. Hello and welcome to Right Royal Roundup. I'm Carolyn Cash and coming up later on today's show, we have an interview with royal reporters Tom Scholes-Fogg, a royal visit to Greenland and an update about King Richard III's reburial in Leicester Cathedral next year. Visit Right Royal Roundup on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup. Or you can check out our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au. Crown Prince Frederick and Crown Princess Mary of Denmark and their four children travelled to Greenland aboard the Dannebrog on an official visit from the 1st to the 8th of August. They visited towns and villages in the south and west of Greenland. Former Greenland Parliament Chairman Josef Tusi Motzfeldt, who lives in the village, showed the Crown Prince couple around the Nordbo ruins in Igaliku. Their four children were given woolen jumpers as welcome gifts. The Nordbo people settled in southern Greenland from around the year 1000 for more than 400 years. Today the village of Igaliku now has a population of about 30 and they're mostly shepherds. The Crown Prince couple took part in a village coffee get-together before visiting Igaluku Church to see a photo exhibition highlighting the village's history. Other highlights of the tour included participating in a children's relay race in Pamut as part of the Mary Foundation's Teddy Bear Friend and Free of Bullying campaign to help create a better life for children in Greenland. The royal couple also visited Narsik on Friday with official engagements at a slaughterhouse, a cultural centre and an elderly home. For any royal information heard on today's show, check us out at rightroyalroundup.com.au. And on <laughs> this week's show on Right Royal Roundup, we have Tom Skulls Fogg, and he's launched the Royal Reporter website, which aims to provide the latest news about royalty around the world. And the Royal Reporter can be found at the website, which is www.royalreporter.com. And Royal Reporter is also on Facebook and Twitter. And welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Thank you. And how did you come up with the idea for the Royal Reporter website? It's still relatively young and new, actually. Um, I It was towards the end of 2013, and um, I've always had a very uh, strong interest in the royal family. And uh, I thought it would be really quite good to bring all of that together w- with one website and have profiles for each uh, each country where, where there is uh, a royal family. So. I came up with the concept. I was actually amazed that Royal Reporter hadn't already been taken, oh, you know, as a website domain and uh, on Twitter and Facebook, um, I, and it just kind of went from there, really. So it's it's still quite young, but uh, I, I'm certainly impressed in terms of the, the views that we're getting and the interaction on online and on social media. Yes, I've had a look at the website, and it's very well set out, and I love the page with the quotes, um, including. 
King George V and Prince Albert II of Belgium. And also each monarchy, a bit of news about some information about each monarchy in the world, including some of the monarchies in the Middle East and also the British Commonwealth, such as Jamaica, Australia and New Zealand. Also with the Belgians and the Scandinavian royal families. Absolutely. I think it's important to uh, ensure that uh, the the profiles of other monarchs uh, and royal family members are are out there. And I I think um, certainly bringing it all together in a really kind of easy to read and easy to understand way in terms of, you know, we've got information about the current monarch, but also what about the the heir apparent? I'm impressed with how the the response has been to, to those pages. Um, and the views that we're getting on the website, really, you know, they're from all across the world uh, and been a really great uh, response so far. Yes. And have you met any members of the royal family? Yes, <laughs> I've met uh, met most of them, actually. So, in fact, uh, next year I'll be doing some work with the Commonwealth as well, uh, Commonwealth Heads of Government. The last one was held in Sri Lanka with the <laughs> Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall. That's right, and the one next year will be held in Malta, which uh, I'm looking forward to attending. It's a really great thing because the Commonwealth, certainly through the Queen's leadership, is very strong, and there are some really exciting bits planned for next year as well, uh, which I'll leave to the government of Malta to announce. (laughs) But uh, I'm a big supporter of the Commonwealth, and certainly through um, William Hague's uh, leadership, also with, with the Foreign Office. It's important that we maintain links to our Commonwealth partners because we are certainly united by our beliefs and our uh, our vision for the future, if you like. And, and I think that certainly the Queen's a big, big part of that. She's literally the heart of the Commonwealth. Yes. And, of course, we've had the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince George were here in April this year, which um, caused quite a lot of excitement, especially here in Sydney um, with the Duke and Duchess attending a reception at the Sydney Opera House and they also attended a Sunday service on Easter Sunday at St Andrew's Cathedral in the city as well as Prince George making his debut at the Taronga Zoo with the Bilby enclosure. Absolutely and I think uh, Prince William and Catherine will be wonderful uh, king and queen when the time comes Uh, and certainly with the birth of Prince George he's loved and admired as most babies are anywhere really but uh, certainly he is he's secured the future of the monarchy and i think with parents such as the duke and duchess of cambridge that they're, they're able to reach out to younger people which i think is quite important but uh, you know it remains to be seen you know will they have a second child it's quite possible there's certainly a lot of rumors but uh, the palace doesn't really say very much no we find some of the women's magazines here in australia um, keep coming up with um, magazine covers, Kate pregnant at last um, at regular intervals. Yes. If it's not um, Kate, it Crown Princess Mary of Denmark, who, as you know, is also an Australian. So we have ties with the yeah. Danish royal family. And, of course, they sort of alternate between Kate and Mary about who's pregnant. And, of course, the latest is that Crown Princess Mary is supposed to be expecting twins, but there's nothing being forthcoming from the Danish palace either. Yeah, certainly palaces, they tend to keep very tight-lipped, um, but uh, for obvious reasons, really. I mean, you, you don't want anything to announce something, then, you know, God forbid something goes wrong with the pregnancy. 
So, so I think it's uh, it's right, but th- there'll always be speculation whether it's about the Duchess of Cambridge or um, another royal from around the globe. Yeah. Also, and who, in your opinion, do you believe is the hardest working member of the royal family? Because I know the Queen and Prince Philip now that they're starting to wind back. Certainly, I'm incredibly impressed by the work the Queen and Prince Philip uh, do on a day-to-day basis. And certainly for somebody of the age of 88 and 93, it really is uh, awe-inspiring, really, the, the, the work they do. But uh, then again, I, you know, Prince Charles does a lot of work. But um, in my opinion, I think Prince William is uh, certainly very hardworking. He, he's a young royal who uh, he's doing. Obviously, he's going to be trained to be an air ambulance, sorry, helicopter pilot. So that juggling a family, doing royal duties as well. And he's also supposed to be doing some uh, diplomatic training with the British Foreign Office as well. So in my opinion, uh, whilst Prince Charles does an awful lot, I'd probably say Prince William. Yeah, and also juggling fatherhood with a toddler. Exactly, yes. I mean, he said uh, quite often that uh, they don't get very much sleep. No, it's the um, joys of being new parents, I suppose. Um, Yes. Because the Duchess of Cambridge told one of the British swimmers at the Commonwealth Games recently, that George may end up swimming in the Olympic Games. Well, that would be very uh, very impressive, actually. You know, a royal and a monarch who can, uh, who can also be an Olympian. Yeah. Uh, anything is possible. Well, he's got his um, auntie Zara and his great-auntie um, Princess Anne and also some of the European royal family, some of the monarchs, such as yeah. King Harold of Norway, he's competed in the Olympic Games in the past. And yeah. King, King Philippe of Spain, he competed at Barcelona in 1992. And, of course, we've got Princess Charlene of Monaco. She's competed in both the Commonwealth and the Olympic Games. Absolutely. The, the royals have certainly, the world royals have, have certainly a long history of it. Uh, and I, I rather hope he does, you know. He's, uh, he's still uh, a young chap, but... Uh, you know, if he continues with the training and, and has the right coaching, then uh, we very well could see him at uh, a future Commonwealth Games. And of course, flying and military service has been a long time royal tradition since Queen Victoria's time. And of course, with Prince William taking up his job at the with the air ambulance, of course, some people are saying, "Oh, he shouldn't be doing that." But I think, well, he's a pilot, and I know when I have spoken to pilots, they'd like to stay up in the air as much as possible. So I'm probably wondering Absolutely. if that's the case with Prince William, that he can't stay on the ground for too long. Yeah, my only concern is that we'll find suddenly uh, a lot of people will uh, will be trying to call in the air ambulance in the hope of uh, being rescued by Prince William. <laughs> um, certainly, Prince William is absolutely incredible. And you know, his ability to to actually connect with people of all classes and all backgrounds, as with Princess Diana, really, um, so he's got some very good training and certainly his mother's ability to uh, to resonate with people. But it's a very strong link, you know, between Britain and Australia. And I think certainly uh, I had a chat with the, the head of the Australian um, monarchist, Professor Flint. I was fascinated to learn, you know, about how Australians, ordinary Australians, view uh, the British royal family. And certainly Prince William's visit and Prince Charles's visit, that every time the Queen or a member of the royal family visits Australia, they set the Republican League back 25 years. 
so we just need to keep keep making sure that uh, we have regular visits. But uh, I don't know. I'm quite interested. Do Australians would they like to see members of the royal family actually based in Australia, or, or are they happy with kind of just occasional visits? There was talk back in the 1980s of having Prince Charles as the Governor General, but our Prime Minister at the time, Bob Hawke, squashed that idea. Okay. He was very staunch Republican, but there has been a precedent because George the Sixth's brother, Henry Duke of Gloucester, he was the Australian Governor General from 1945 to 1947. So we have had a Royal Governor General, and of course they've had a few in Canada as well. And, of course, there has been talk, maybe Prince William, maybe after Sir Peter Cosgrove, when he steps down, becomes Uh, the Governor-General of Australia, and they would have a base here. They'd be based in Canberra, of course, and also come up to Sydney, stay at Admiralty House. So there are some people talking about that, but I think there's some saying, oh, no, no, we can't have a foreign head of state, which is the line that the Republicans love to trot out every now and then. Um, Yes. And it's quite funny because the King of Greece that descended from the Danish royal family. So it's not necessarily being born in the country to be the head of state. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're very fortunate here in the UK that we don't really have a large Republican movement and, and the royal family enjoy reasonably high approval ratings. But, I mean, the line often used by Republicans and anti-monarchists is, you know, Queen Elizabeth's German and all this kind of thing. She herself, as we know, was not born in Germany. No. She has German ancestry. But then again, most people in the world don't have ancestry from one specific country. I certainly don't, and most people I know don't. That's a very weak argument. And, you know, but they really do do a wonderful job. Yeah. Uh, and the training and um, certainly the Queen's leadership and yeah, coming to the throne at, at the age of around 25. And all of the work she's done for this last 63 years really is inspiring to most people in the UK. And a lot of people recognize her service specifically. But, yeah, fortunately, we don't have a large Republican movement and hopefully we never will. No, well, they nicknamed Prince George, um, George the Republican Slayer when the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge were here. <laughs> um, how could you not love that cute little face? And, of course, the Republican movement support here is at an all-time low. And, of course, the Republicans keep saying, oh, no, the young people are still interested. We've had a couple of monarchist groups set up at Sydney University, which is our oldest university in Australia, and the University of New South Wales. And also the Australian National University have also set up a monarchist group as well. So I think that probably shoots a few holes in that argument. Well, exactly, yes. And as long as the royal family can continue to connect with younger people, as well as um, you know, some slightly older people, but certainly younger people, you know, age, I'd say between, I don't know, 20 and 40, then that's the core age group, which we need to kind of keep um, ensuring that there's a connection between them and the royal family. Because, you know, otherwise, if, if we don't do that, then th- these younger people are the older kind of Republicans of tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to think that, you know, most people recognise that the hard work that they do and will continue to support them. Yes, and here in Australia as well, there's continuing support for the monarchy and, of course, most acknowledge the Queen has done a marvellous job and it's a shame because of her age, she probably 
won't ever return to Australia. As I was saying, her visit in 2011 was probably the last one. But she has been here yep. 16 times altogether. And Abs- yeah, and yeah, it's, it's a shame because because of her age. Um, you know, but I certainly can't see Her Majesty ever abdicating. Obviously, it's still a sort of subject with uh, with her uncle. Yeah. Plus, I mean, she she's very religious and made the vow to God that we that she will continue to serve. Uh, and certainly during the Diamond Jubilee, she reaffirmed that message to the Houses of Parliament. But uh, she she looks remarkably well for her age, um, as does Prince Philip. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think, you know, well, fair enough, they're both cutting back on duties, but uh, yeah, there are plenty more years in both of them, I'd like to think. Yes. And, of course, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall are also stepping up and taking on more responsibilities, as well as the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to have you on the show and look forward to catching up sometime. And if Absolutely. anyone wants to find out more details, just go to www.royalreporter.com and check Fantastic. out Tom's website. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I've been delighted to talk to you. And for more details about Royal Reporter, visit the website at www.royalreporter.com. On Right Royal Roundup, we now go back in time for some Right Royal Regal history. Just when you thought the dust had settled, the Cyber Wars of the Roses strikes again with Richard III's forthcoming burial. The University of Leicester and Leicester Cathedral have announced that King Richard III's remains will be reburied on Thursday the 26th of March in 2015. Channel 4 will be broadcasting a live coverage of the service of reinterment but this will be only available in the United Kingdom. However, various historians have weighed in, saying King Richard III's remains should be given a Catholic funeral, complete with Catholic rites rather than an Anglican service. However, a Catholic ritual would have been performed when Richard was buried back in 1485. We will have further details in a later show, so stay tuned for more details. That's all we have for this week. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to Right Royal Roundup with Carol and Cash. Tune in next week for more of the latest royal news from around the world. And don't forget to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup or visit our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au.